This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City. With John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Wow, wow, wow. I think that is the only way I can react to that Formula One race. That was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Welcome to the show, everybody. Oh my gosh, that Italian Grand Prix was, I don't know, the best race I've seen in a long, long time. What do you think, guys? And there was no weather either. Imagine yeah. if there was weather involved. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. You know, the best I've seen in a long time. <laughs> uh, I, I got to, you know, Dave, think on it. I'm going to throw a question your way later on. Now, what do you think about reverse grid ideas? Yeah, I was about to say that was my biggest take. Crofty was selling it hard, and I'm with him. Um, you know, uh, no question about it. Uh, I was watching both coverages, and uh, there's no question that um, the, the, the idea of, of, of a qualifying race, I really like. What do you think, Dave? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, now I'm sitting uh, sitting and watching it. Yeah, for sure, it's a, it's a great idea. But when you're in the team, um, it, no, you don't again, want you know, the... <laughs> For me, that my my view doesn't really change too much on that on that side. But yeah, sitting here seeing that sort of race is, I guess, what you want to to flick the viewers onto. Yeah, I I just, I mean, yeah, less reverse grids, great. But I just want to enjoy this moment because Pierre Gasly winning the race. Let's just say that again, man. That is just unbelievable. And I think I just heard him say the last. French driver was 1996. I don't know who that would have been. That's who, right. who do you think, Jonathan? That's Mr. Olivier Panis. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Who's he? <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, good guy in his own in his own time. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, an incredible result. And uh, John, as you as you remember, we went to NASA with um, with Pierre. We spent the day with him and Kvyat, and uh, we got to know him a little bit better. And they are both really nice guys. But Pierre is just genuinely a sweet fella, isn't he? Yeah, we, I was thinking that the whole time, Jonathan, is that we spent the whole day with Pierre Gasly at NASA and uh, with Ian Kvyat. But he was. He was a really nice guy. He's kind of quiet, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but he's really nice, super polite and everything. He just seemed like a good young kid. Didn't, didn't realize I was going to be with a Formula One winner the next season. There you go. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I, took my, I started taking notes, as I do before every race, and I don't know, maybe five gave minutes up. in, I just completely gave up. I never even looked back because this thing was nonstop crazy, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, with first of all, with uh, with with Botas, we talked to Botas up at the beginning in the pre-show about how he might win, and then he had a miserable start. And I, you know, at one point he was saying he thought he had a puncture or something. Did we ever hear? Was there ever anything? I don't think there's ever anything wrong with with Botas's car, right? I, I, I think he was just def deflated from his start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said something slowed me down. I don't know what it was. I think, yeah, I think it's exactly right. That was a miserable start from, on his part. But, hey, well, Jonathan, I, I got to get your take about this. I mean, first of all, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, but what struck you besides the fact that that we had these this podium that would Las Vegas would have never had any odds on. Well, um, certainly the uh, straight away to the biggest thing, of course, the decision to give the penalty to Giovinazzi and to Hamilton. Um, I mean, it was you saw Toto Wolf trying to argue it with his team and 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 Lewis, you know, claiming that there was no light there. But uh, as the rules, uh, so he actually did go to the stewards office, Jenny Gao uh, found out and he did actually go to the stewards to check that they got it right. And they absolutely got it right. There were two 
lights saying closed pit lane uh, around the parabolica. And whether you see them or not, it's up to the team to see it. Dave, I'm sure, will back me up here. So whether Lewis saw it or not, and it wouldn't be easy, he was committed to coming in. And so, um, you know, it was the right decision is what I'm getting at. So um, Lewis Hamilton fans, you know, don't don't think that he was given a, a bum steer there. He, he, that was that was the rules. That was correct. Well, I was going to ask because there is some confusion around that. Uh, yes, the team alerted. Uh, I suspect it was before he got to the entrance line, you know, the, the line of division between the track and the pit in. Dave, does that come into play? I mean, it does. But when, when you look at the, um, you know, the like Jonathan said, you know, the, it was fair and square, the penalty. But if you look at the two yellow lights um, prior to, the, well, you, you get you had one yellow light in this case beforehand, which said pit lane closed. Um, his his team has also got you know sixty people looking at the um, race control messages, um, and then I mean the engineer might have been setting the tires out for the for the stop or you know talking to Lewis about what we're going to do on the front wing. I mean all, all that sort of stuff generally or typically get sorted out before you come in and then the one in the distance the flag in the distance I mean if you got to that you, you'd gone past the pit lane entry anyway so um, I mean it's a close call they, they got it wrong um, but 99% of the time they seem to get it right so it, it was just a you know it was correct in my opinion the penalty yeah uh, I think so too it's unfortunate and there's, you know, it's one of those things that just happens in racing. But uh, I think you're probably right. I mean, just looking at the replay and looking when the light came on and everything, I don't, I don't see how you could have, you know, how you could argue with that. And and I think they, that's what they were trying. Uh, well, yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan, you were talking about, uh, about Botas, and, you know, uh, what about. What about the chance of, you know, at one point I thought he might actually come back and win the race, but what about his drive? You know, do you think that just screwed up his drive all the way through the race? Yeah, there was obviously something wrong because he just wasn't able to make any impact. I mean, Lewis almost beat him. If there'd been three more laps, he would have beaten him. And so, and, and when you look at their qualifying times, uh, Botas didn't forget how to drive. So <laughs> he just wasn't able. It just seemed to be able to, to, to you know, to get the speed to go forward. Uh, and maintained his position. Um, I felt for him. I, I said at the restart, you know, this is a great opportunity for him to to, to dent uh, both Verstappen and Hamilton's lead. Um, but unfortunately, um, I mean, it's only a few points now. I think he was two places off, off uh, Hamilton. But he will have gained points on Verstappen for that retirement. Mm. I'm just looking at the images of Gasly right now and the Alphatari team. It, that's This is just mind-blowing. Dave, I, I I know you guys at Haas didn't win, but you had a, some amazing races. You know, I think of Australia. I mean, what's the team thinking right now? This is just euphoria, I guess. Yeah, they're just on cloud nine. You know, it's um, scoring points is one thing when you're fighting in the in the midfield, <laughs> but to be on the podium is is different. And then, of course, to win the race, um, you just can't really imagine it. You know, you're with the a group of people that are all working so hard and thinking they're going to pick up a point and then all of a sudden tables are turned and you you you, you come back first um it's fantastic i'm really pleased for pierre um he deserves it he had a tough weekend last weekend um year after the the um yeah the the uh, the death of um antoine, uh, and, yeah. antoine yeah so i think you know that you know that goes out for him he's he's put it down um it's not the first time Alfa Tori Toro Rosso have won a race there. I mean, last time was Sebastian Vettel. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe he needs to try and uh, go back there. <laughs> they got a winning car. And you know what, guys? This was not just some fluke. Gasly's been fast, and he was fast. So, mm. I mean, the, the car is fast, and he's done a great job. This was not a, I mean, yeah, in a way, but it's not a complete fluke that that you know that it wasn't just some you know, pouring down rain and he got dumped into the, the lead position at the last minute. I mean, and he was able to hold off signs for the rest of the race. Well, yeah. we mentioned a week or two ago that uh, Albon better be paying attention because uh, we know that Red Bull has no apprehension about swapping drivers back and forth. Uh, turnabout's fair play. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, um, I was going to say for me, driver of the weekend, uh, absolutely Carlos Sainz. I mean, Gasly won, but he was in the right position at the right time. 
Um, but to, to me, um, you know, that third place start from Sainz gave him the lift he needed to be in the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, to me, hats off. I mean, he, one more lap and he would have won the race. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, he's um, he was definitely in the zone. And the the other guy we should um, probably pop a hat to is Lance Stroll. He he's mm. um, he was on fire this weekend as well. Um, definitely has that seat. Um, well, you, yeah, you, you, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I used to play with the, the daddy's boy syndrome uh, and say, oh, you know, Lance, Lawrence Stroll's a businessman. He, he, if he doesn't perform, he'll get rid of his own son. But to be honest, um, after what I've just witnessed in the last few races, you know, if it was a choice between Perez and the boy, I would keep the boy. Yeah. So that I guess that puts the uh, championship pretty nicely um, for McLaren taking third, I think I'm correct in saying. Yeah. Um, you've got two really good points finishes there today, um, which Carlos hasn't scored in the last few races, but Norris is there banging fourth place. You know, that would be an awesome result normally um, for, for McLaren. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm waiting. I haven't done the math yet, but I wait to see the, the driver standings too because I want to see where where um, Pierre Gasly jumps to because, you know, he was in 12th with 18 points. He's going to be up near Charles Leclerc. So, yeah, <laughs> say that. Imagine that. That an AlphaTauri driver's points were going to be up near Ferrari. Just unbelievable. But I well, got you covered, buddy. Lando you get- Norris. Six point, uh, sixth place right now with 45 points. Yeah. Charles Leclerc in fifth place with 45 points. Oh, yeah. Is that, wow. but that's updated, huh? Uh, I believe that's as of the moment. Well, where, where did that end up putting Pierre Gasly, though? Because after 25 points today, that would put him at like 43. So he's got to be right he's, there. He's 12th. He's 12th with eight. Uh, sorry, no, that isn't updated. Yeah, that's not updated. Yeah, that's okay. my that point. Yeah, so... So yeah, he's going to be right up there with Leclerc. Norris has obviously uh, got some points, but that'll put him right up there with Leclerc. So that's hard to hard to say. Unbelievable. That should uh, yeah, that that'll put uh, Botas back ahead of Verstappen, I believe. Yeah. Well, all right, guys, uh, Jonathan and Dave, in particular, with your long histories in Formula One, where does this race stand for you? Where, you know, I mean, it's yeah, I know it's hard to do that right after a race. But where does this, in, you know, is you know top ten of all time for you or anything? Um, I wouldn't say top ten because of the, the fact that there was a jumble because of, you know, because of the red flag. But um, but it was good, and and I think it was more important to see other cars for a change, and also, you know, see see the metal of some of these younger drivers with a chance to lead and race for. Um, a championship, you know, nobody wants to see just one car winning every weekend. Um, not even Hamilton. Um, and to watch Hamilton do what Hamilton does well. I mean, he proved just how good he is by the fact that he made up that many seconds. I mean, you know, it just shows you how confident he is. He said to his engineer before they even started the restart, I can make five seconds up in that two, two laps. I mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the I'm just looking at this podium. Speaking of wow. I mean, you, wow, 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 looking at, at those three guys on the podium. I mean, and Dave, you know, we're talking about Lance Stroll. You know, he was in a great position right after the restart, right? And he lost some ground, but he made up the ground. He had some amazing passes to to bring himself back onto the podium. Yeah, I mean, that that's the one bit that uh, impresses me about Lance. He's got definitely got a good, good car under him, um, but he does overtake. Um, and that's a really good bit um, to, to see. You know, he put himself in in positions where he can go for the overtake. Um, I think he's a racer. You know, I, I, I do. I think he's a racer. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, guys, we have a caller on the line. We've got George from Virginia. Hey, George, welcome back to Speed City. I recognize that name. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, first, I hope all is well. I hope you and your families are safe and all is well uh, in Likewise. your lives. Uh, I think what we saw today was one of those um, performances where we see, I'm not going to say a change of the guard, but we see the future of the sport. Um, we, we see some of the people sort of, you know, uh, you know, this might be their last hurrah. But one of the things, you know, outside of the Gasly's first win, which is always incredible to see, is 
we on the other end, you see Sebastian Vettel literally becoming a footnote. Mm-hmm. And that's sad to see. That's, you know, no one wants to see. It's sort of like the, the boxer who, you know, who boxed, you know, who got old, you know, after one fight. And that was, that's really sad to see. And, and I don't know, Ferrari, I don't know if it's an engine problem. I don't know if it's a, it's a pers- um, personnel not doing their jobs. And I know that's going to be discussed, and that's not really um, probably the main topic for today. But I'm really happy for guys that shows that, you know, through hard work and, you know, some luck, I'm not, I'm not that naive, um, you can win. And it kind of, for fans like myself, I've been following it since literally the 70s in some form or another. It lets you know that it, there's always new talent coming in. And it, 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 it lets me believe that, you know, in the world of paper drivers and that sort of thing, you still see good, honest talent from some kind of means can still rise in the sport. So that, that really brings a smile to my face. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with the changing of the guard. We, we were talking about that this weekend, Jonathan. I think we're talking about how the, yeah. you know, that there's all this, this young talent and, you know, we are seeing guys like, we don't know the future of Sebastian Vettel. We have no idea. We don't know if he's going to even be in a car next year. To me, the change in the guard was watching Lance Stroll keep his foot in uh, on Kimi Räikkönen, who we all know will not give an inch uh, and will fight to, you know, inches away from you. But Stroll just kept his foot in and, and got through. And I, I thought that was a, a moment for me. But, yeah, that's what I love about it. You've still got, you know, the veterans, as it were, like Hamilton and like uh, Räikkönen. Um, but these new 24-year-olds and a 24-year-old one today, uh, Leclerc, Gasly, it's great. Um, and there's so many others. Yeah, and George, I thank you for your call, but I'm going to ask you one last question. I told in the pre-show, I said, who, any callers that called, I was going to give them a hat, and I said a Haas F1 hat, but you know what? You got your choice of a Haas F1 hat or a Pierre Gasly hat. Ooh. <laughs> I may regret this in six months, but I'm going to take the Haas hat. <laughs> hey! All right. Now, well, now you won't regret it. Well, George, stay. thanks a no, lot for I'm calling, not. George, buddy. We appreciate it. Stay on the line. We'll get the producer to uh, to get your info, and I want to get another caller on the line. We got Andy P. Thanks, calling. Uh, thanks for calling. Yeah, George. Hey, Come Andy. On. How's it going, oh, buddy? I know that guy. Wrapped. Get him off the ceiling. <laughs> Good morning, guys. How fun was that? Wow. That <laughs> For was... you, excellent, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I think my heart rate is I, – I, I've forgotten what it's been to be like at the front of the grid. <laughs> yeah. I think I think Gasly and Science and Stroll thought the same thing as you. <laughs> So, Andy P., I thought about you halfway through that race, and I was like, oh, he, he is bouncing off the wall, probably didn't need coffee this morning. Uh, gosh, what do, you, what do you think about next year driver changes, though, around McLaren? Well, I, I, I'm still super excited for, for what Daniel Ricciardo is going to be able to do in that car, but it was just it was amazing to watch um, just the timing screens between Gasly and Signs as they were trading – uh, lap times there because signs was getting it done in the first and the third sector and Gasly was dominating him and signs in the second sector. So yeah, signs was gaining a little bit of it every lap, but it wasn't, it just wasn't enough. Um, but Oh my gosh. I mean, just not only today, but the future, I, it, it's so much brighter for this team. They have a legit shot at P3 in the constructors and who could have thought that at the start of the year? <laughs> wow. Hey, Andy, do you, do you think it's all down to Seidel? I think it's a huge, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's Zach Brown from the top putting together the team that he has wanted and he's envisioned. And you notice he's always gotten the guys he's wanted. He waited for Andreas Seidel. He waited for James Key. He waited for Daniel Ricciardo. So I, I think you're starting to see the vision that Zach had when he got put in that horrific position of take the team that's finishing you know, P14 and 15 and get them back to the front. Damn near happened today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Uh, well, Andy, what about your, your take on how we got here? You know, what, with what, everything that happened with, you know, with Hamilton and, the, and the, the pit lane light and everything. Yeah, I mean, that was just, I heard, I, I follow Lando's race on F1 TV. So, when their team came on the radio and said pit lane closed, pit lane closed, and then I'm watching Hamilton go down, I'm like, wait a minute, what did I miss? And, you know, it, it, it's an odd placing of those lights, but there are two of them, and you can clearly see 
those were legit penalties, I thought. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think there was any any question there. But uh, well, besides your team, McLaren, any you know doing well. What what else struck you about the race today besides just in, you know this crazy podium? I mean, this is why you watch these things. I mean, and it's always you know you're coming off of even the last race at Spa that was pretty much you know a, a parade and it was boring. The sport always gives it to you when you don't expect it, um, which is why you got to watch every one of these things, even if you don't think. You know, I mean, I figured this is going to be an hour and 15-minute race. Uh, it was going to be the, the same top three podium that we were always going to see. And, you know, then I'd go on with my Sunday. But, you know, wait, plans change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Andy P., we appreciate you calling, and I'm glad your team did well today. And so you can have a, a great rest of a long weekend. Yeah, good to talk to you guys as always, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. All right. Thanks, Andy. All right, guys, we need to go ahead and take a quick break. You're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin back after these messages. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi guys, this is Craig Astley and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. And you producer finding the Pierre Gasly. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, we probably got that at NASA last year when we were with Gasly or, or maybe at Coda in Austin. What a race, guys. I, I don't know how long we're going to be in the bask in the glow of this thing because... <laughs> With Pierre Gasly winning this race, I tweeted out earlier, I, this podium is what I tweeted. I was like, okay, what do you think the Vegas odds are of a Gasly signs stroll podium? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there really are less Vegas odds for this kind of thing. I'd like to see that because somebody just made a zillion dollars if they even put 10 bucks on that. But uh, I'm, I'm watching for the uh, the constructor and driver standings to get updated because I can't do all that much math while we're on the air. But I really want to see where, like Andy was just saying, I want to see where where um, McLaren ends up. What were you, were, Matt, uh, Dave? Were you doing some of the math just a second ago? Well, I was trying to. Yeah, um, I'm uh, I'm just working on it now. So. <laughs> I'll right. tell you what, guys. I, I t- you, you know, you said to me, where does it rank um, uh, for me as as sort of classics? The one thing it will sell me is the worst result I've ever seen for Ferrari at Monza. 
Um, mm. I mean, they've had bad monsters, bad monsters. They've had, you know, crashes out and, and so on while fighting for the lead. But that was abysmal, quite literally, um, on all fronts, because clearly there was a mechanical with um, Vettel. Um, not quite sure what happened to Leclerc, but uh, either way, uh, you, I'm glad there wasn't 110,000 screaming Italians there to see that, because that would have been very depressing if you were an Italian today. Yeah, you know, Jonathan, it's funny you say that. I was thinking, and we haven't even talked about there's no crowd. It's just, it's, for us watching, it's just not that big a deal. I know that it's a massive deal for everyone at the race, all the drivers and everybody, but it's funny. I, it just hasn't even occurred to me when we're watching and 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 uh, on the show here because, it, but but think about that. I mean, we've another race without it, but particularly at Monza. Uh, I mean, with the screaming Tifosi, you're absolutely right. But I mean, you know, we've been talking on the pre-show about Binotto and well, um, what you know, whether heads will roll, and this doesn't help his cause, especially as the next race is next week in Italy. Um, so La Gazette of Sport will be absolutely covered in crimson um, derogatory remarks and, you know, stop yeah. this and let's get out of Formula One and how embarrassing Alfa Romeo and all this sort of stuff. But it is what it is. Mm. So yeah, I agree. I, I feel like, you know, as, as much as they've been trying, uh, you know, things are just going apart for Ferrari and it doesn't seem like anything can come up right for him. You know, thankfully Leclerc is fine. Uh, but I just don't get why things keep failing on Ferrari when some of the other Ferrari powered teams, uh, seem more consistent and reliable. Mm. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, so and, I think that, go ahead. So, sorry, Jonathan. Right. Go for it. Go Dave. I was just, I was just going to say, I think we've got the, uh, the points in now. Um, oh, great. Oh, so yeah. So we have Lewis, uh, obviously, 164, uh, Valtteri, 117, Max, 110. And then it drops to fourth place, which Lance Stroll's in fourth, tied by Lando Norris at 57 points. Alex Albon, 48. Charles Leclerc, 45. Pierre Gasly in eighth place at 43 points. And then ninth and tenth, tied at 41 points, which is Ricardo followed by Sainz, Sergio Perez 11th at 34, and Ocon 30 at 12th. Um, uh, constructors, uh, Mercedes 281, Aston Martin, Red Bull 158, and then third place, 98 points from McLaren, and followed by Racing Point at 82. So third place looks like there's going to be a, a good fight for the end of the season in the Constructors. Yeah. And you know what's funny? You never even mentioned the other Ferrari driver, Sebastian Vettel. You didn't get down far <laughs> enough down the down the grid there, man. That is, yeah, yeah. That's, How the mighty, eh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, did anybody ever hear what happened to Kevin Magnussen's car? Yeah, it got stuck at pit lane. <laughs> of course, the great race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want to thank him for whatever happened. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Mechanically, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, no one seems to have, have kind of given us anything. There wasn't any smoke from it or anything. So maybe, you know, maybe a suspension or you know, something like that. All speculation, but it definitely helped um, help play a part in that race. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got a question for sporting director here. Dave, you know, we know that the new rules around mapping, they can't change throughout the race. But I was kind of surprised that the uh, power dump from the battery power was still allowed in the last mm -hmm. couple of laps. I kind of feel like that is a, a mapping technology. What uh, what are your what's your take? That's a on good it? question, Les. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's it's an it's a deployment, whereas the the map is a, is maybe an instru instruction for um, for the ECU. Um, I, I can't give you a, a correct answer on it. I'd have to read into it, but yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, that, that would be, I definitely want to find out the answer to that. Um, I was just looking at some of the uh, social media and, and the Williams team is, is uh, giving Claire and oh, man, that's just a really, that that's emotional in another way, obviously from Pierre Gasly, but 
this was, you know, their John, last race. John, I always look to sort of moments in Formula One where you go back in, you know, six months time and go, was that the moment? And I wonder if um, Gasly's win will put him in the, in you know, in the prime seat now to be considered for Red Bull um, as a replacement for Alba. I know that sounds weird, but, you know. I, um, I'm going to say there's one thing to consider in that is nationality. For Albon, I think is a hometown, you know, favorite as uh, the owners of, of Red Bull, that uh, they like having him there. Yeah, but Albon but, has just not not performed really lately. I mean, I mean, I know that I know what you're saying, but man, I I don't know. I I, I feel like that it's it's got to be uh, you got to prove your metal there. It's going to be interesting. And I mean, you know, like I said, I'm always looking into the crystal ball. So, you know, I don't know, Dave, did you, you know, obviously we're going to talk about Ferrari till, till uh, the season ends, but I'm thinking about Gunter's comment about talking to Gene at this race and uh, Imola, sorry, and uh, Magello about drivers for Haas next year. The driver market is definitely open. Both drivers are up for renewal, if not extension. Both drivers, I think, want to stay. Uh, and I don't think outside of Haas, there's much going for them. Um, will we see some moves, do you think? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, interesting. A lot of the doors are closed um, between the two of them, Haas, uh, with the Haas drivers, Grosjean and Magnus, and none of them really bring, well, none of them bring, um, you know, any money with them. So their, their options are limited. Um, you know, you can't write Hulkenberg off. He he's still hungry. He hasn't finished. He's still got a story to tell in F1, I think. Um, and then Perez. You know, it, it it depends what happens with with Vettel. We're all kind of writing Vettel off um, in Ferrari. But um, if you're not happy somewhere and you're not giving your hundred and ten percent and you don't you don't want to put everything on the line, um, there's definitely a couple of tents there. And then that just shows with him and um, him and Leclerc. Um, it depends how hungry Vettel is and whether he wants to, to carry on with it. Maybe he's coming to the end of his road personally and deciding that he's not prepared to, to put everything online. He's got a load of cash in the bank. And, but what will he do? That's the problem. You know, he's always, he's always done racing. Um, he has got his family to, to go and look after, but he doesn't need to work. So I think he'll probably, you know, you'll probably see him there next year. And then that, I would have thought, pushes... Um, Perez out um, purely because Lance Stroll's doing a fantastic job, and um, you know why would you if you if your dad owns it? So um, yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, a lot of the doors are closed. Pierre Gasly, I don't know what his contract says, but he's definitely um, someone for the, the top te teams would definitely be looking at whether he goes back to Red Bull, um, and also you know. The future things changed. They all said they wanted Ocon in the Mercedes when um, hmm. either Lewis or, or um, Valtteri moved on. But why would you want Ocon now? You know, you've got some other other guys that are coming into the mix um, who definitely got something to tell. I want to. I was thinking during. The go ahead, Les. Sorry, I want to go back to Seb just for a moment. This weekend, when he didn't advance in qualifying. He got on his bicycle and he rode out to the track to one of the turns uh, that he was obviously having some issues with. And he stayed out there for a while watching the rest of qualifying as they came through. To me, that was a little uh, little perk or a little upbeat thing that he's still in the game and actually looking to improve. He's not just doing his Sunday drive and going to fulfill his contract. Um, that gave me a little bit more hope uh, that, that he does still have the passion to, to improve. What do you think, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you you could be right, but also um, the other thing is maybe he just wanted to get away. There's no fans there. And uh, he took <laughs> his bike out and <laughs> he didn't want to talk to anyone and he didn't have to talk to anyone because there's no one around there. That would be my sort of sarcastic um, answer to it. <laughs> well, but I also do think, I mean, we've seen the announcement of Jimmy Johnson retiring and he is... Um, saying that that is absolutely what he's going to do. 
Tony Canaan looks as though he might be coached back out of retirement because of the lack of fans, because he wanted this to be a swan song thank you to the fans. And I do think as a legacy with this strange, strange year we're having, that everybody will put a footnote and say, let's move on, that um, it, it leaves you in a different headspace than a regular season. It must do. Uh, and I wonder that that might be a factor in Vettel's uh, hang, hang, you know, hanging up the... Um, I mean, you know, leaving Formula One with a bad taste in his mouth is what I'm getting at. Rosberg did the, 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 the most beautiful thing. You yeah. Know, go out when you're on top. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back now, that looks even more. All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion about the Italian Grand Prix with the winner, Pierre Gasly. Back after these messages. USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. Just watched the Italian Grand Prix won by Pierre Gasly. Yes, you got that right. <laughs> Pierre Gasly, Carl Sainz, Lance Stroll on the podium. But what about the two? Look at Daniel Ricciardo and Esteban Ocon, the Renaults, looking fast too. I mean, they have have had the last few races, but again, last week and this week, both both those cars look fast. I I, I expected more from Ricciardo today, to be honest. I, yeah, I guess this he has been doing well, but this I don't remember exactly if he uh, had any opportunities in all the melee there, all the mayhem, as you like to say, Jonathan. Mm. Good point. But yeah, I mean, th there's no question that Renault have stepped forward. And even though this is a big fill up for uh, um, for McLaren and their constructors hopes, I think uh, Renault are going to be right behind them and if not close. Yeah, and I'm just looking through the finishing order today. Um, Albon, what happened to Albon now? I, I can't even remember with all the what happened with what went on. He he came together with Roman Grosjean and lost some of his floor. Oh, that's uh, right, that's right. He pushed he pushed Grosjean wide, and that's uh, what yeah. and he lost some of his floor, so he, he had damage. Yeah, well, it was just an incredible race. So much fun to watch. I love it when we've got the action like this. But uh, I think I want to just you know, take, I was, yeah, go nostalgically, ahead. Nostalgically, I was pleased to see Latifi 
uh, wrap up where he did in the 11th uh, with the exit of Claire and the fact that she waved him on the track. Yeah, and let's not forget that Daniel Kvyat, the other AlphaTauri car, also in the points at ninth. So, man, those guys, the champagne is flowing. Uh, but, Jonathan, let's look forward. Let's look, uh, what about Magello? What are you thinking? I think it's really interesting. I love Magello. It's one of my favorite tracks. Um, I've actually done a three-day Ferrari course there, funnily enough. Not in a racing car, but in, in proper Ferraris, where <laughs> we had Formula 3 drivers on radios telling us when to accelerate and when not to accelerate. So it was probably one of the joys of my life. Um, a fantastic circuit, uh, more famous for its motorcycle racing. It has a really long straight. It has a last corner, a uh, bit like R18 at Coda, which goes on forever. And then you power out and you go over this crest down into what uh, is a dip at a first corner. So it, there's plenty of places to get a slipstream. And then you go up the hill um, into uh, Casanova corners and so on and so forth. And it, it's, it's both, I mean, it's just outside Florence. So it's, it's a beautiful part of Tuscany. It's a beautiful part of the country. It's owned by Ferrari, um, which you could argue might give them an advantage, but um, uh, it's a hell of a circuit, but the, the real thing is it's a leveler because um, people might have tested there, but no one's raced at Mugello uh, in Formula One. So um, I'm, oh. I'm really interested with no stats. I don't know. Dave probably can tell us how, how hard that is to go to a track that you've never raced. And Portimao is going to be another one. Yes. the um, I mean, Mugello, we, last time I went there was ages ago as well with Formula One. Um, I think that was Jordan, Jordan days. Um, but... It's um it's a great circuit. Um, it's lots of twists and turns. Um, quite a big long straight um, as well. Um, I think the other thing you're going to see is a lot of um, a lot of hard work from the drivers there with all the turns, g forces, lateral g's. Um, it's going to be good um, from what I can see anyway. Yeah. Do you guys? I mean, what about simulators and things like that for the drivers? Sure. I mean, I, I know obviously they can do those kinds of things, but. You know that getting prepared's got to be, um, you know, very difficult. But it's a, but like you said, Johnson, it's a level playing field. But Dave, do the what? Do you, what other tools do they use? Yes, there'll be lots of simulation tools um, used. Um, I don't know if if anyone's out there in F three cars running around, renting the circuit for the day, um, learning it, seeing seeing what's going about. I mean the. They have junior teams, so there might be some um, some data collected that way. Um, but yeah, the sim would be the main tool to to acclimatise and get used to which way around the circuit goes. Is it a th the thousandth Grand Prix for Ferrari? Yeah, as well. I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, would the team? Would you? If if you're you were in charge of house now, would you send the boys over there tonight? Literally, just pack up and go. I think, you know, that someone will have gone there and measured it with a GPS tool, um, see where all the bumps are and um, make no roughness of the of the circuit as well. So there'll be a, a lot of data collected um, manually prior you to... Go, I mean, you're not going home at this point, are you, with COVID and everything else? That's it, yeah. So the um, the, the trucks will go on to, to there. And um, the, I mean, what happens after this Grand Prix at Monza... Um, is normally when the fans are there, you, you shut the doors because they all invade the circuit and, yeah. um, and come in and grab stuff. But the um, now what they'll do is they'll split the cars. Um, the engines will gearbox will go back to the um, power unit suppliers. Um, and then some of the cars uh, will head back to, well, the chassis and bodywork will head back to the UK or Italy or Switzerland, wherever they're based, um, painted, maybe twist tested, um, Etc. Um, and then they'll come out in a van and trailer on the Monday morning before the um, the next Grand Prix, and then the cars get built on the Tuesday and the Wednesday um, for the Magello race. Mm. I just, um, John, I just got a headline from uh, GP Fans, great website for form all things Formula One, um, saying that uh, Lewis Hamilton has accepted all responsibility for the penalty, huh. which you know, yeah, I, yeah, it, I I think that's what you do. But I think the team definitely has some. It was so fast, though, right? I mean, where do you, where, you know, who do you blame at that point? It, you, you know, it's it's too. You can't put it all on the Hamilton, of course. But no, he just said he didn't see the boards. Yeah, Dave, I gotta ask. Uh, so we know that home field advantage brings you a uh, an emotional benefit with the extra gusto there. 
technically we know ferrari is on that track all the time after all they own it uh, is there a technical advantage that f- might help ferrari show better if there is i'd like to see it <laughs> <laughs> i think we all would uh, yeah <laughs> um well, yeah for sure les you know there's no there's no harm in in testing um and gaining data whether you know they they wouldn't be in the current race car testing there that but they'll have some other mule together that they um have been running around for sure um but yeah it gives you it gives you loads of loads of advantage the, the biggest problem now is not being able to have the tires to be able to do the testing so that's how they're sort of limited so if you were to do any testing um off the record it would have to be maybe gp2 tires and then the ones that you buy from uh from pirelli have got different construction on the sidewalls so it's kind of you know there's not much you can test without the tires all right guys let's go ahead and take a quick break and when we come back we'll continue our discussion about the italian grand prix with the winner pierre castley back after these messages Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. I want, I, we hadn't really talked about this. I hadn't talked about Coda much at all lately, but there was some night racing out there not too long ago. Remember that, guys? We, missed, we didn't talk about it last weekend, and it was some night racing, and I didn't get to see any of it. I'm just upset that I didn't get to go out to Coda for the night racing. I didn't go either. <laughs> Les, did you talk to, and I know you didn't go either, but did you talk to anybody that actually got to go out there during that? Uh, a few of the drivers have commented that they just loved the opportunity to do it. You know, we haven't really seen that since the endurance races. And so that's uh, that's great that it's coming up and they're starting to see it. There's a lot more talk uh, technically around doing more streaming of these uh, these groups that are usually support races. And so there's a lot of technology and can be quite expensive to do it. But I'm glad that uh, that that's on the table and it's being discussed when so few of us can actually go to the track in the uh, current scenario. Uh, I know with this pandemic situation. But 
Hey, I do want to shift gears a little bit and talk a little IndyCar. Jonathan, your man, you love Scott Dixon. I know you talk about him all the time, leading <laughs> the championship <laughs> with four wins this season. The the the, the man, the, the uh, senior in the sport. Love it, don't you? Yeah, and I mean, I know I'm a bit of a, a Kiwi file. Um, I love Kiwi drivers. I had a quick chat <laughs> with Earl Bamber this week, and uh, he's following in the footsteps. But Scott Dixon is becoming a phenom. Um, because whether people realize it or not, he's about to ellipse AJ Foyt and he's going to be the goat of IndyCar if he keeps at this. He's 40 years old. He's headed, he's 100 points ahead, roughly, headed for his sixth title, um, which really does put him in rarefied air. He just took his 50th IndyCar win. And while that doesn't measure with perhaps um, Lewis Hamilton, I, I do think that uh, competitively, Indy's so much harder because any one of 18 cars can win. And when they have races like the 500, where it's a complete lottery, um, to, to, to be as successful as he and Chip Ganassi have been uh, in the last 20 years is, is sensational. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. What were you going to say, Dave? No, I was going to say, um, you know, the way Jonathan described it, he, he is a superstar uncovered. Um, you know, when you, when you put in the street courses, if you only did street courses in, in IndyCar, and then you throw the ovals into it. You've got a one in ten chance of not, you know, not doing anything. But week in, week out, he seems to put it together, and he is so consistent. Um, and you don't just win five championships from being lucky. Hmm. Nope. Yeah, and uh, I just looking at the, I was looking at the standings a while ago. You got Joseph Newgarden in second, but uh, Pato Award in third. Yep. He's Texas, I guess. He makes San Antonio his home, right? San Antonio boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I tell you what, I've been really impressed with this season is the rookies and how they've uh, Alex Palau, who was racing in Japan last year, Pat Ward, who uh, has been bouncing around for a while. He too was in Japan for a while, F2. Um, but there's some kids that are really taking to the ovals. We always talked about, oh, it takes four or five years to learn the ovals. Well, these guys aren't, I mean, Alex Palau especially aren't taking any time. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and even people like Jack Harvey, who's not a, a youngster, but is relatively new to Indy, um, having a really phenomenal season, as is Connor Daly. Yeah. You know what, Jonathan, you bring up a good point is we did used to say it took years to uh, acclimate to these. But in those years, I mean, it's, since we said that so confidently, we've got simulators of practically every track you can imagine. So that, I think that helps. And as I understand, and I'm betting the same situation for the NASCAR crowd, is uh, they're becoming more and more realistic, not only from the track, but how the car will respond as well. So uh, I get what you're saying, but I think we can say that's a contributor to it. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. But yeah. I think they're also highly talented, all of these guys. Absolutely, without a doubt. Even Marcus Erickson has taken to it like a duck to water. Yeah, he's acclimating to Indy and said uh, he was enjoying uh, being around Indy and having a, a very different culture than he experienced in Formula One. He said it's much more casual. You're much more likely to be friends with somebody uh, in the in the next garage that you may race against on field. And so uh, I think he's enjoying it, and he may have found a place that he's going to continue to do well as he adjusts to it. Yeah. All the Swedes oh. evidently live in the same apartment complex in Indy. <laughs> I think I think we've got to look um, look at the next ten years here. Um, there's there's uh, you know Rob, Roger Penske Penske getting involved. Um, the plans he has, how he structures things. Um, you know we, we we're going to see Indy grow um, in all ways. I think uh, grids, um, audience, um, and then once the crowds come back as well, I think the crowds are going to grow grow the sport for us as well. And I think with Roger's connections to Formula One and <laughs> to the Marlborough money and, and the sponsorship side, I think we'll see Formula One back at Indy. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I, yeah. I, you read my mind, Jonathan. I was just, I was going to say that too, because he brought it up again. You remember when he first bought everything, he, at that press conference, he, he said that he mentioned Formula One in that press conference. And then I believe I saw a story about, I don't know, Two or three weeks ago, where you talked about it again. So, how amazing would that be to have F1? You know, I'll, I'll tell you what uh, my wishes were when we were still sorting out the remainder of F1 season this year. You know, we're seeing it over in the European tour 
where uh, you know two stops in the same place or very close proximity would be good. I was uh, wishing for potentially two stops here at Coda and then throwing in IndyCar and Montreal as uh, almost the North American route as a quick, easy place to tie in all of the logistics of moving things from one region to another. Uh, obviously that didn't turn out, but I was sure hoping for that business model. Yep. I was just looking at the IndyCar standing, Jonathan, my boy, Connor Daly, he's at 15th this year. And Dave, I want to ask you about him, man. He, Connor was maybe our first guest on the show ever, almost 10 years ago. And Not he, far off. yeah, he was, he was either the first or second, it was either him or Alexander Rossi. I can't remember, but, um, but he's, he's been such a journeyman and, you know, they throw him in a different car every, you know, every year he's in a different car every week, you know, week to week. Uh, I mean, how do you look at, at his skills and what he's done in his career? Well, yes, yeah, good question that. I mean, he's similar to his father, you know, his father was um, in and out of cars, whatever he could drive, he, he did. Um, and I think it's unfortunate that he never had the um, never had the budget to put him in for for the whole season. Um, maybe that will be the making of him. But I, I, I rate him highly. Um, and you know, for like you say, jumping in and out of cars, different teams, different procedures to follow, etc. Um, it'd just be nice to see him with a straight season under his belt and see what he can do with that. I mean, he's certainly jumping into Max Chilton's car um, and managing to to make it quicker. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a good talent and I think he's going to be around for a while. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't have all the, all the things that come with staying with a team, the consistency of learning how to, how to interact with the car, with the team, with everything. And, you know, he just has to start over learning every time. I'll tell you what, though, he's also done a great job over the years of, uh, of making sure that he's out there on the business side. But I bet you the first 10 times he was on the show, he was always going, Hey, and if there's any sponsors listening, or just, yeah. he was always trying to drum up money. And so Dave, as a, as a driver manager, you, <laughs> you're probably going, good job, man. Uh, you, good job, yeah. Helping. Hey, talking about, you know, we were talking about Cota um, and, and, and also up and coming next 10 years of motor racing here. If you want to get a chance to see the talent of the future, uh, both Skip Barber and, um, Obviously, F3 and F4 are taking part at Coda in the next couple of months. I'll be doing the F3 and F4, I'm sure. Dave will be out there too, uh, and, and, and all of Speed City. Uh, but I get a chance to see some of the 16, 17-year-olds that are, that are making a name for themselves. Um, and there's a lot of talent out there. There really is. Hey, and you, if, you've got, if you're a race driver, young race driver, and you want to race, I think uh, Skip Barber's probably got a spot or two for the, com- for the one coming up. When is it? Is it next weekend? Or, no, it's two weeks, right? Two weeks. Two weeks, now. yeah. 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 So uh, in the uh, F4 cars. So, yeah, check that out. I, I highly recommend it. I've done it. Dave, I Dave did, do you have a spot I, on your team we can sit in? Yeah, there's always a spot. Um, find a car. Um, <laughs> Pay for it. Pay for the damage. Oh, oh okay. No, I think we should have a Speed City karting event um, the same weekend, you know. As soon as they open, just get it, get it done. A little, uh, little bit of fun there. I agree. I think that we should do that and we should get Pirelli to sponsor it. I think that's perfect. Well, guys, we are just about down to about a minute or so left. And I just want to talk about a couple of things. I mean, let's think about what we saw today. Two of F1's young stars, both racing for the checkered flag for, in pursuit of their first win with Gasly and Sainz. I mean, he, you heard Sainz at the end saying if he'd had one more lap, one more lap, he could have possibly won the race. But we got to relish in that fact. And then I also, I actually, I saw a tweet from Williams Racing. I want to read this real quick before we go, because this is a quote from Claire Williams. She says, everyone in the team, it's been my greatest pleasure and my biggest honor to work with you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. So that's kind of her, her parting words for that. And speaking of parting words, we are out of time. And uh, I, I thanks everybody for tuning in, sticking with us through the long show and amazing racing today. And congratulations to Pierre Gasly and uh, incredible race. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we will talk to you next Sunday.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.